0: Clancy Pasta presents, I thought my roommate got a makeover. The truth was so much worse. Written by North Selection 9. Some people are just born with it. They're the ones who, whenever they walk down the street, always leave a sea of turned heads in their wake whose calendars are near bursting with social activities and who usually end up with their faces on the sides of billboards holding the cosmetic they're advertising or projected on the big screen. Usually, they're aware of their innate gift and the benefits it brings. They utilize it to make their life easier, always being the first to enjoy special privileges. Bad grades or the odd traffic ticket disintegrate with a charming smile. Confidence just oozes from their pores. Danielle wasn't one of them. She wasn't hideous, despite what she thought. She was a gangly, awkward-looking girl with a burst of dark brown frizzy hair that resisted all attempts to be tamed by hairbrushes or conditioner. But there was something about her that seemed to push people away. Maybe it was that her eyes were too close together, or her nose was too large, at least in her own mind. She always hovered in the background of group conversations to try and make friends, but never knew how to inject herself into it. She'd end up blurting out an unrelated non-sequitur which would destroy the mood. She'd wither as all heads turned to look at her, scurrying away without another word. She was a bystander in her own life. Danielle knew this all too well. Stacked in amongst the thick medical volumes she'd acquire from the library or glossy fashion magazines, and smiling models on the cover reminding her of her own shortcomings with every page she turned. The expansive collection of lotions, foundations, and whatever other fad beauty product that took her fancy on her dresser could rival the counter of any Sephora. We roomed together during sophomore year. She had a love for old British science fiction shows with tendency to go on long, unprompted rambles about it, but she was pleasant enough. She never brought any guys back and always kept her side immaculately clean. As I made friends and embarked on the sophomore experience of alcohol-soaked parties, Danielle remained alone. She resisted all my attempts to nudge her into accompanying me, having resigned herself to long nights of studying and watching Netflix alone. I should have been more persistent, especially after everything that happened. Maybe I could have prevented it. After my first rush of student life, I was determined to settle into a serious academic career after winter break. I re-entered those hollowed halls bundled in an oversized hat and scarf with a steaming coffee in hand my nose strawberry red from the pervading January chill, and filled with renewed purpose. However, I became lost in the crowd, jostled from side to side by a herd of bodies, until I lost my footing, my shoulder cracking against that of another. Binders clattered onto the wide marbled floors, a pencil rolling to my feet. Instinctively, I bent down to pick them up. I'm so s- My hasty apology withered away when I saw the face of the person I'd bumped into, She was without a doubt one of the most beautiful women I'd ever met in my life. Her skin peach pale and just as soft, her cheeks tinged vermilion from the cold. Her eyes were large blue pools, so deep that I almost drowned in them. Her hair cascaded over her shoulders in chocolate waves that caught the overhead light so that at a certain angle, it almost seemed to glow. At that moment, I housed some serious doubts about my heterosexuality. Her full lips elasticated into a delighted smile. Oh my god, Amy, it's so good to see you again. I searched my brain for a name, any name, but all turned up nothing. I knew I had to have met her before somewhere, haunted by a strange sense of deja vu. There was no way I could forget a face like that. She pried the stack of binders from my dazed hands and shuffled them into a neat stack, that sweet smile never leaving her face. It's me, Danielle. We're roomies, remember? The revelation tore through me with the force of a bullet. I stood agape at this beauty before me, trying to reconcile her with my memories of the awkward, gangly girl who would marathon red dwarf. Wow, I exhaled. You... you look great. She was another person entirely. Some part of me was still convinced that this was just a convoluted case of mistaken identity. But that bubbly tone convinced me otherwise. She brushed her hair back over her shoulder, the strands trickling over her hand. Thanks, she chirped. Call it a glow-up. Understatement of the century, I thought. Outwardly, I smiled and nodded my head. She turned away with a click of her heels, a dozen pairs of eyes roving after her, including my own, still frozen dumbly where I stood with my mouth hanging open, From that day onward, Danielle was never alone. She was always swarmed by a small entourage of friends who seemed to follow her very step, as if they were some miniature hive mind. They would either be whispering amongst themselves in the library, or reclining in the cafeteria and laughing together, with Danielle as the shining center of attention. She had burst forward from her insecure cocoon and flourished into a social butterfly. There came the nebulous whispers about plastic surgery wondering who had died in her family or if the money to get all that work done had come out of the bank account of a potential sugar daddy. Whenever I heard them, I would be quick to silence them with a glare. I was happy for Danielle. In that semester, there wasn't a day that went by without her luminous white teeth on full display and a toothpaste commercial-worthy smile. She had finally become the person she had always dreamed of being, popular and beautiful. But the closer you looked at her, the more something off-putting seemed to emerge, like some optical illusion. There were parts of her that didn't seem to match up. The skin on her nose was paler than the rest of her face, a fault that had been hastily smeared over with heavy lashings of foundation, or how her ear, hidden under her long tresses, hung crooked from the side of her face. My gladness for her transformation was overtaken by worry that she was taking it too far, I'd seen other woman who had succumbed to the allure of plastic surgery and had metamorphosed into collagen-inflated mockeries of humanity. I wasn't even taking into account the risks of the surgery itself. An unsteady surgeon's hand could easily sever a nerve. I decided to confront her through the pretense of catching up. I'd invite her out to our favorite coffee shop, one of the few places she'd ever ventured off campus beforehand. It was a quaint Parisian-style place with a red cloth rafter, a warm orange glow emanating out through the windows. After some idle chatter about how our majors were going, I decided to spring the dreaded question on her. Danielle blinked at me with those doe eyes of hers before dissolving into muffled giggles. I've never had plastic surgery in my life. I spluttered mid-mouthful of coffee with only the fact that it was three dollars and social norms preventing me from spinning it out. I forced myself to swallow it down, my esophageal muscles swelling around the scalding liquid. Danny? I swallowed. It's okay. You can admit it. I'm not going to judge. She shook her head vehemently. She was wearing a long-sleeved yellow turtleneck patterned with purple flowers with a brown corduroy skirt, an outfit that had earned the approving nods of a few men that were seated inside it. The waiter that had been serving us had winked at her and slipped in his crumpled phone number with our orders. Come on, Amy. We're college students. I can barely afford a subway, let alone full-body plastic surgery. I scrutinized her, my mind reeling for an explanation. Then how? Her face reasserted itself into a playful smile, coyly tapping her index finger against her nose. A lady has to have her secrets. She smirked, relishing in my obvious confusion. As we continued talking, a fog clouded my mind. I found myself repeating previous sentences and struggling to remember words, requiring Danielle to finish them for me. I chalked it up to too many late nights spent cramming, but then the tendons of my fingers locked up around the coffee cup in my hand. Danielle tilted her head to the side with an expression of concern. "'Hey, you okay?' No, I mumbled, clapping a hand to my throbbing forehead. I feel like I'm going to pass out. Danielle stood up, ushering my swaying form under her wing like a mother duck ushering a wayward duckling. She was a crutch to me, my shaking hands gripping her sides to maintain an upward stance. The brightly lit interior of the cafe faded from my view, a blast of cold air hitting me as we staggered out onto the street. Danielle's dulcet voice trickled into my ear like warm honey, blocking out all other sounds. It's all going to be okay. We'll get you home, she repeated over like a mantra. Despite this, she cut a sharp, unfamiliar right turn instead of the usual left, dragging me towards the direction of a darkened alley. Somewhere in my dazed mind, a distant klaxon blared. I scuffed my feet against the ground, trying to pull away, but Danielle was just too strong. Danielle, please, this this isn't the way. Don't worry, it's just a shortcut. As my vision neared complete darkness, her manicured, pink-tinted nail scratched the side of my cheek. We'll be fine. The last thing I saw before I completely faded out of consciousness was the expanding sight of a lone iron-corrugated door in the middle of faded, graffiti-scrawled red brick, a rusting padlock draped around it. I awoke to the scrape of sharpened metal. The fetid stench of water-soaked wood, along with what smelled like rotting meat, assaulted my nostrils. Hot bile bubbled in the back of my throat. I tried to move but found myself bound to a cold metal hospital gurney by heavy leather straps. Straining my vision upwards, I made out the figure of Danielle in the faint light with her back turned to me. Her cute outfit had been traded in for white surgical scrubs. The sharpened edge of a scalpel glinted up from her hand. A creak of leather diverted her attentions to me, regarding me from the reflection of the polished metal. "'Oh, you're awake.' I knew I should have administered a larger dose of anesthesia. I thought the drugs and the coffee would have been enough to keep you unconscious. Pity. Her voice was flat and clinical, devoid of its usual perkiness. Danielle turned around, her steely gaze falling over me. She looked at me as I was something on a slide, existing only to be taken apart and studied. There was nothing of the girl I had known in there, the one I had laughed, cried, and confided in about my daily frustrations. There was only a cold determination. She strode over to my helpless, recumbent form, hunching over my lower half around my mid thighs. My skin prickled as she dabbed on a cold orange colored liquid with a cotton swab. Her gloved hands slid over my legs, rubbing small circles into the muscle. "'I always thought you had the most beautiful legs,' she whispered. "'It must have been all the track and field you did back in high school. "'I wish I could have run like you. "'I couldn't even open a bag of chips without having an asthma attack.' Her grip tightened, hard enough to leave thumb-shaped bruises behind. I flinched up, my body clattering back down into the cold steel. Her eyes expanded, mouth falling open as if ready to apologize.' It was as if the old Danielle, the one I knew, had resurfaced but was quickly pushed down into the cold shell. None of us are original. Everything that we are is shaped by others. At least, that's what my mother used to say. I spend my whole life wishing that I could be someone else. Someone smarter, stronger, more beautiful than I could ever be. Her head fell back with a laugh that echoed with a faraway drip of water from somewhere within the darkened room. The answer was under my nose the whole time, she went on. I'm embarrassed that I didn't see it. She shrugged her shoulders. Back in the cafe, I lied, she admitted. I did have surgery, but I didn't pay for it. Danielle loomed over me with a grin that had once been welcoming but was now even more glacial than the inside of the room. Tears blurred my vision, leaking out of the corners of my eyes. You can't just wait for your turn to come. Sometimes you have to go out and find those parts you want and use it to create a whole new you. Make your own life. She tilted over the ceiling-mounted light to where she stood. Wide light poured over her, bathing her in an ethereal glow. She tugged up her sleeve, revealing a line of angry red sutures ringed around her wrist. I writhed up against my bindings in a desperate attempt to free myself from what I realized she had been doing and what was about to come. Oh God, Daniel, please, please don't do this. The squeak of revolving wheels diverted my darting pupils down to a stainless steel surgical trolley. It held a wide collection of surgical implements, from a diathermy device to blades and scalpels, their polished exteriors glinting malevolently up in me. Danielle's gloved finger hovered over with a contemplative hum, like she was a child in a candy store, before falling on a formidable-looking bone saw. She picked it up and held it to my face, my own terrified reflection staring back at me from it. "'I don't hate you, Amy.' That's not why I'm doing this. Not at all. You were one of the only people who treated me like I was a person before all this. That's why I don't want you to suffer. And if you love me, you'll let me do this. Please, Danielle. I shrieked through streaming tears and mucus. Please don't take my legs. The ridged edge of the saw fell over my quivering limb Pain exploded through the nerve endings as the jagged teeth worked horizontally through the flesh, streams of blood pooling down my clenched thigh muscle, my agonized howl rattling the loose wooden paneling. She had been only inches away from cutting through bone when the straining buckle fastened around my writhing leg finally surrendered and snapped off. My bound limb recoiled into the air, colliding with Danielle's face. The sickening crunch of bone echoed through the air as she doubled over, her cry of pain muffled by the surgical mask. Her eyes contorted into a furious glare as she raised her instrument, determined to continue her assault, but it was missing from her grasp. Her entire hand was gone. We stared in mutual dumbfounded horror at the bloodless stump at the end of her elbow, where her metacarpus had once sat. Through the torn skin and thick muscle that ringed around it, the end of Danielle's thick radius and slender ulna were visible entwined together in a blunt tip. Her pupils shrank as she stared down at her quivering arm, her breath growing shorter and panicked. Her head jerked around, searching for her lost hand. In the darkened corner of the room, just on the threshold of my periphery vision, I saw it, disconnected fingers still twitching around the handle of the saw. She dropped to her hand and knees down onto the filthy floor, her former task forgotten desperate to restore her perfect appearance. While she had been distracted, I had wasted no time in undoing the other straps. By the time she realized what was happening, I was already half-hobbling down the hallway. Every step I took felt as if I was running a marathon across broken glass. My trembling calf muscle was dyed reddish-brown from drying blood. My body screamed for me to stop, but Danielle's rapid, furious footsteps from behind compelled me to run faster. Amy. Her roar exploded into the air, rattling the flurry of dust particles that descended from the ancient ceiling as silent as snow. It was followed by the toe-curling scrape of metal against rotting plaster as she dragged the bone saw along the wall. I didn't dare turn around, but I knew she was close to outpacing me. I skidded mid-step on the red that still slithered down my leg, almost tumbling over, My heart hitched in my chest as my mind is consumed by flashes of her standing over my quivering body like a seasoned hunter with a deer. But by either blind luck or divine intervention, I managed to maintain a steady footing. I took a sharp right corner in a last-ditch attempt to divert her. I bumbled blindly about in the darkness, pain and terror arcing through my exhausted, drugged body. Amy, Danielle called stretching my name into a throaty croak. "'Why do you insist on making this so difficult? There's no point in trying to run. You know I'll find you.' Trying to muffle the sob that was threatening to escape my throat, I bit down on my knuckle hard enough that acrid blood stung the tip of my tongue. She sounded like she was just behind me, but in the blanketing black, there was no way to tell whether she was seven feet behind me or seven inches." It seemed like no matter how far I tried to run, she was inescapable. Though pushed along by an ingrained primal instinct to survive, what was left of my rational mind doubted that I would ever make it out of the building alive. Overcome by defeat, I slumped to my knees, the splintered floorboards like a thousand miniature knives through my kneecaps. She was right. There was no point. I would die in this darkness, unnoticed by the world outside. Just as I was about to coil into a fetal position, I saw it. As I strained my eyes through the shadows, I made out thin shafts of light that stretched up into a wide rectangle, illuminated by a world beyond... a door. Salvation. I rushed towards it, pawing at it, trying to feel a handle, only to jangle a heavy padlock that was bolted around it. I tugged at the chains with all my strength, the abrasive, flaky layer of rust that had been accumulating on it scratching my fingertips. God, I whispered. God, please. As she headed around the corner towards me, her approaching shadow fell across the wall and elongated to an inhuman degree, the jagged shape of the saw and her hand melding into one monstrous shape. I didn't know if she managed to reattach her lost hand, or if she'd fitted the saw onto the stump of her arm as a grotesque prosthetic. With one pull, the chain came undone, the links clattering onto my bare feet. I wrenched the door open and stumbled headfirst into the blinding light, tears of relief spilling down the sides of my face. As I sprinted outside, the saw clattered to the ground behind me. Through the heavy swing of the old iron door, Danielle's tormented wail escaped in a gust of iron-tinged air don't leave me. The sun had long since vanished from the sky since she had dragged me into the derelict building. Instead, the world was illuminated by streetlights and buzzing neon-lit storefronts, the gaudy rainbow of colors all blurring together in my waning vision into a single blinding haze. It was the screech of rubber that alerted me to the fact that I had walked out into the middle of the street. I turned in time to make out a glance of the horrified driver's face before the hood of the car smashed into my ribs. When I found myself lying in darkness once more, my heart sank. I thought that my escape had been nothing more than a hallucination and that I was still in Danielle's clutches as a double amputee. I lay in bed for half an hour, too afraid to open my eyes and face the inevitable reality. It was only when I made out the monotonous drip of the IV monitor that i peered over and saw the valleys of both my feet under the fresh hospital linen i slumped back under my pillow and wept i wish i could tell you that it all ended there but that was only the beginning through the answers they pried from my bedside they found the warehouse that danielle had held me in a scrutinous investigation had led to the discovery of the bodies of six women who had all been reported missing within the past year But what confounded even the most jaded of homicide investigators was how all the women were missing random body parts—arms, hands, a nose, teeth—just enough to construct an entirely new body out of. They had found a sports bag stuffed inside a wall, one that squelched when it was moved. When they had opened it, a pile of dismembered female limbs had tumbled out that corresponded to those removed from the other victims. However, forensic testing disproved their initial suspicions, showing that the limbs inside the sports bag didn't belong to any of them. Forensic testing showed they were Danielle's own limbs. By the time detectives knocked on her door, she had vacated the premises with everything she could carry. The only solid physical evidence of her existence were small plastic immunosuppressant bottles scattered on the floor. Despite a vigorous manhunt that stretched across two states, They couldn't find any trace of her, it was as if she had disappeared from the world. I know what you're thinking, and no, I had no idea how she managed to do it. No one has. Not the authorities, the media, her family, nor all those who knew her. I think that it's better left unknown. Using her surgical skills, she'd lured them in with a promise of fixing their flaws, only to take what she wanted. I still shudder whenever I think of that warehouse, knowing now that it could have easily been my tomb, just as it had housed those other poor girls. But no matter how hard I try, I can't bring myself to hate Danielle. Amidst the fear, I feel a sympathetic twinge for the sweet girl she once was, the one who I'd once called my friend, before she ripped herself apart limb by limb and re-pieced herself together until she was nothing more than a hollow shell of her former self. No matter how good she looked, it was never enough for her. She wanted perfection, even if it meant stealing it from others. It's been two years since it happened. The scar that stretches the length of my thigh has faded into a pale line, but there are times it burns as acutely as it did when she was carving into me. The scars she's left behind on those in her wake are as indelible as the ones that littered her body from the constant transplants. They never did find her. The possibility that she's still out there, stealing parts to graft onto herself, is something I don't like to dwell on for the sake of my own mental health. My advice is if you meet a beautiful woman who becomes just a little too fixated on a particular part of you, I wouldn't recommend staying around for too long. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to stories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com slash stores slash clancypastastore. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers.